0: Alright, uh, welcome back to another week of the Twin Geek cast. Uh, last week on the podcast, uh, Calvin and I announced that we were going to be covering The Big Sick next, and I guess he took that a little too literally, because uh, he's not here now. <laughs> Instead Which is uh, extremely...
1: it's funny that he's not here, because he's the Jackie Chan expert, <laughs> right? He's the biggest fan. I'm pretty he's such sure
0: He's he's a huge fan, so of course he laments that he can't uh, be here. But uh, he'll get to hear all about it because we're still going to make him edit this episode. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was the fun of this. But no, uh, I asked uh, Graham here to come join me because I knew you would be much more excited to talk about Jackie Chan, of course, than uh, Calvin would. Uh, yeah. There was actually a while ago we initially intended to cover a police story, but uh, th- then Calvin watched it and had a distaste for it. <laughs> so we're like, well, we'll do something else. <laughs> So I'm glad to come back around to it here uh, and talk about it and make him suffer through listening. Yeah, I'm happy to give you
1: an outlet to to talk about police story.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun here, but of course, some things to cover before then. Uh, For starters, uh, Graham, do you know that we have a, a sister video game podcast on the site?
1: No, tell me more.
0: Ah, see, well, I guess that shows how much it's kind of getting out there if even people who write for us aren't (laughs) hearing about it. Uh, You know, I I think they kind of got a little big for their britches. They're starting to think that they're all that and stuff, but, you know, you haven't listened to an episode. uh, They had one just come out today. It's Tuesday. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I don't know when I'll get to it. You know, it's not as high a priority, and I'm sure many others out there feel like that too. So uh, we'll keep supporting them, though. A it's little, more
1: for the common man, uh, right? Low low class tastes like video games, come on.
0: Yeah. Uh especially in this time. I mean, who cares about video games as much as the abundance of movies? Right exactly. Now? <laughs> yeah. Don't need Which, that uh... trash.
1: Definitely am not just playing countless hours of rocket league in my free time now
0: <laughs> i think we've all kind of gone to that somehow on on this show we keep uh bringing up animal crossing between me and calvin because that's all we're doing otherwise <laughs>
1: <laughs> how is that going for you
0: ah it's, it's it's all right i'm getting into the slump of it now that you passed all the main stuff so you just check every you know like, for an hour every day or whatever, and you're like, oh, why am I doing this again?
1: Yeah, as as (laughs) someone who has never had a Nintendo system, can you please explain to me the appeal of getting out of the mundanity of your normal life to play a game where you just, like, (laughs) pay bills and chop down trees?
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the cuteness factor of Animal Crossing. It's very uh, adorably designed, and there's part of that. And I guess, uh, especially now, I think people crave that that mundanity of going out and just doing things on a regular basis you know you can actually leave your house at animal crossing yeah out, which you can't do right now
1: <laughs> it seems so magical now yeah
0: <laughs> it came out at the perfect time uh for to capitalize on that it's Some might say I wasn't too gonna...
1: <laughs> perfect coincidence
0: <laughs> you got a theory going there <laughs> um but yeah, other, otherwise, there aren't any new movies to talk about. Uh, I mean, me and you, I think, are the worst people to talk about new movies anyway, because even when there were new movies,
1: yeah, we didn't go I, out and see them. <laughs> I think last year I saw like 18 2019 releases, and then for 2020, obviously, I've only seen three, with one of them being one of the, the Softy Brothers short film with Adam Sandler. So yeah. I'm, I'm well behind on new movies.
0: I, I watched that. I watched that one too. But as far as for like in theater new movie experiences, I I went and saw Sonic. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Well,
1: yeah. So what a way to go out on like.
0: Yeah, I really hope theaters come back in some form because that cannot be my last <laughs> movie going experience.
1: On the other hand, that might be the perfect grace note to uh, kill Hollywood with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My yeah, my it's... final movie was The Invisible Man, which was pretty good. Um, and now we're all the invisible men, I think. <laughs> trying in, to be poignant. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, instead, I think we found more solace in watching uh, stuff that's on streaming and, and older stuff, in, I guess, in particular, uh, and finding time for those things that uh, we always put off before. I don't know if there's anything in particular you've been kind of uh, chipping away at, but uh, you know, yeah. I'm definitely going through the catalog.
1: Definitely. So I've had the Criterion channel since, uh, my birthday last year, I was gifted it and I hadn't been making a ton of use. I'm enjoying it when I did, but now I finally have like the perfect excuse to just make extensive use of that. And I've been enjoying the Columbia noir section. Uh, I finally gotten around to sunset Boulevard, um, just checking off some bigger movies, slogged through Andre Rublev, uh, the (laughs) other day, which unfortunately did not live up to my expectations. Um, Right, <laughs> <Sort laughs> that was uh,
0: a little sore spot for some people. Maybe one yeah. listener in particular that won't like hearing that. one but, uh, <laughs> listener on
1: the video game podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, I think that's the that's the perfect time to do that. Even if you don't come out entirely positive, like finally having the time to sit down and watch those long, hefty Russian movies. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you of which you have uh, watched one too, I believe.
0: Uh, i did indeed uh just a little I,
1: bit longer than the average movie though it's right.
0: it's a t- tiny bit longer maybe like seven hours approximately yeah, uh, give or take <laughs> it was uh uh sergey bonderchuk's uh adaptation of war and peace from 1966 which is this behemoth massive indescribable war film uh like the the, the runtime didn't already give that away it's just in <laughs> Absolutely insane, and ever since uh, they, the Janus, had released the restoration trailer uh, for it uh, last year for the Criterion release uh, that was upcoming, uh, I, when I saw that trailer, I was just like, I definitely have to see this film at some point because it just seems so epic. And then it was difficult to find those seven <laughs> hours until now when we're all stuck inside, and there's, so I was like, well, there's there's no reason not to, and so I set aside. An entire day to watch it and just sit down, and commit the whole day, order a pizza and everything.
1: Just one pizza for the whole day? Come on, you gotta do better than that. Now that you've sat down and watched it all in one go, is that how you would recommend other people watch it? Seven hours in one sitting?
0: Uh, n- no, not necessarily. You don't have to. Uh, for one thing, the film wasn't... The, the film wasn't released in just a single seven-hour cut, uh... Even on an initial release in 1966, it was actually released over a two-year period, um, in four different chunks. Uh, the The first half, oh, the okay. first one's the longest at two and a half hours, and then each subsequent ones about an hour and a half each. Uh, and so you can very easily break it up over that time. It has very clear, easy act breaks. I just decided to do it in one sitting so that I could say I could, and and kind of tote that around as a badge of honor for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... That badge of honor is going to get you many an accolade, along with your little metal criterion uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> collector I have, thing. I do have that. <laughs> you, didn't,
0: you didn't get that, though, because you got it for your birthday no, instead I'm of not, signing up right away. I'm not away. cool enough. Yeah, well, you you should have, because I don't see any reason not to have the channel. Again, it's it's such a great resource, and they just keep putting on more and more. I think that, that uh, Columbia Noir section is a great example of that, because that was what they launched with last year, but then they came back and added... Even more really great ones uh, for the one year, uh, I guess, anniversary of the channel being up.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, they just added some, speaking of our movie uh, that we are going to be discussing, they added more Jackie Chan, uh, The Young Master, which he direct Jackie Chan directed in 1980, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, supposed to have a killer one-on-one fight at the end, so our recent watch of Police Story might actually inspire me to check out some of his other I'm
0: I'm definitely going to as well that was going to be the idea tonight Uh, because I've seen a number of uh, the Jackie Chan films of course I'm sure we'll talk more about them uh, during our discussion there but they have a good number they just added to the channel including the return of police story 1 and 2 which are actually part of their collection as well Uh, and so that's going to be a lot of fun to go through were there any films in particular you saw recently on the channel that particularly impressed you
1: uh, yeah, so back in the uh, Columbia Noir section, I watched *Nightfall*, which Jacques Tourneur directed. Uh, he'd previously did *Out of the Past*, which I believe is one of your favorite movies, and you yes. turned me onto that. You hugely impressed me. *Nightfall* isn't quite as uh, great as that, but considering its reputation, of which. I don't know that it even has much of a reputation. I was hugely impressed. Um, The the night before, I watched The Big Heat by Fritz Lang, which is one of the most notable noirs, I think. And well, I thought that was good, I think Nightfall sort of eclipsed it in every way for me because uh, just stylistically, Jacques Turner is such a way with the camera and the way he uses all the settings and uh, brings out the emotions of the characters. I was just really impressed with it.
0: Mm-hmm. I I certainly I have to wonder if your already your your uh, enjoyment of uh, Tournier as a uh, director to begin with has any influence on a particular oh, appreciation for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. I I have yet to be let down by one of his movies, and I checked out his whole filmography on Letterboxd, and there were just so many that I I haven't even heard of before. And when I click the check out some of the like user ratings of them, pretty much everyone. Ha- every one of them has some sort of fan following so i, mm-hmm. he...
0: I would certainly believe it. he even did a a roger corman film towards the end of his career uh yeah with the a...
1: comedy of comedy of, of terrors. terrors yeah yeah yeah
0: it was it was basically a playoff of like a, a reteaming of everyone they put together for a different comedic film that they did like the previous year called the raven with a you know so it's got P- vincent price and peter Lorre in it and boris Karloff all in Significant roles. I don't. I don't like the comedy of terrors nearly as much as the Raven. But I think it's interesting that that's, you know, he 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 went so many different places in his career. That by the end he ends up directing a, a Corman film of all things.
1: He also did an episode of the Twilight Zone. That's quite good.
0: Oh, it's it, it is interesting then to see. That's something I always find very fascinating about the different directors and like tracking how, away their career gets from different places.
1: Have you? Uh been buying any more blu-rays or anything since you've been in quarantine is that a habit that uh has increased in volume for you
0: it it hasn't only because i'm i'm being a good boy and not buying <laughs> as much as i should uh i'm tempted you gotta though, support
1: that... those labels you know and i know stim- stimulate the economy david i'm
0: hoping that some of the prices on things i've got my eye on will go down just a, just a little bit just enough to incentivize me to buy a, a little bit more And then I will, Mm. I do have some, uh, criterions on pre-order though. I'm very, very excited for next month, uh, so that they release Buster Keaton's The Cameraman already because I pre-ordered that immediately, right away. I put my money down for it. (laughs) I'm shocked. (laughs) I, I, I love Buster Keaton, of course, and I was super excited to see that, uh, there. And of course he is a Keaton himself was a, a huge major influence on our subject today.
1: Indeed he was, uh, and now that I have finally watched uh, a couple works from Keaton, I can now readily see his influence on Jackie Chan.
0: Yes, and of course not just Keaton, but uh, last week's subject as well was major influence. This was of course not planned, but funny how that works. Is uh, Safety Last? There's a a really like very explicit homage uh, to Safety Last, particularly in another film Jackie Chan directed called Project A. I don't oh, know I if you've seen, seen that, that one. one. now that was funny. He's like they they uh, he's a sailor in like uh, I think it's. 18th century china fighting pirates
1: sounds like a good premise for a chan flick
0: yeah it's fun but uh, it's definitely it, it all kind of uh, those films all kind of led up to the great success of a uh, police story here like this is really the culmination of everything he was working towards in the early 80s up until now and you can really see how it all comes together in this fantastic brilliant action spectacle uh master
1: and before he made Police Story, he had tried going to Hollywood before, which resulted in spectacular critical and commercial failure. Right.
0: Right. I'm trying to remember some of the films he did then, but basically, like uh, it's it's interesting to hear Jackie Chan talk about experience in America because the, one of his bigger complaints is that they just don't give you enough time to do things properly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, to really practice and rehearse stunts and such.
1: Yeah, the Hollywood productions have much tighter timetables and uh, uh, money constraints for certain things, so everything costs more and, uh, you know, directors don't have the leeway to just sort of do whatever they want and uh, have stunt people throw themselves around in the most dangerous way imaginable, as well as directors not really knowing how to shoot action or edit action in particular i know he jackie chan in one of the interviews i saw was quite emphatic about uh how to edit action where american directors will make uh, cut halfway through a punch and then the second shot will be a continuation of the punch but the way jackie edits he'll sh- do the full punch and then cut and do the full punch from even further back so you actually see it twice but your mind stitches it together as one punch with a lot more impact and is a lot more clear than if you had cut halfway through one punch.
0: And that's definitely something that does a lot that little bit of repetition especially in the like finale of police story is the famous one where he's sliding down the pole and you mm-hmm. see it from three different angles but often time it's just to to show that and it's the he's giving you the feeling of it rather than the, like the literal uh, thing that it is because that's what's more important is what the audience feels rather than what you're trying to be exacted your replication of an action
1: definitely and just also highlighting how real the stunts in combat are I mean they obviously have some pads and tricks and other stuff um, at their disposal so they're not actually killing themselves but like the wide shot so you can see pretty much everything going on and the use of slow motion not as some sort of stylistic signifier like Zack Snyder is fond to do but to so you can actually see every inch of the uh, the choreography that they've come up with.
0: Right and and that strive for realism is I think especially as well what sets Police Story apart from a lot of others because it takes this more kind of uh, known uh, idea of a cop drama uh, effectively here but it it really dials up the the reality of it and the, and the the physical relatability of the the violence you see on screen as opposed to a lot of the uh, martial arts films from the 70s in hong kong which were all more period piece stylistic you know fight choreography drama mm-hmm. stuff whereas this is all a lot a lot more realistically driven fight sequences and you know he brings even more in that in with the incorporation of uh so much in the in the environment in particular
1: Yeah, he really knows how to use every prop around him. Although this time watching it, I was sort of struck by the irony that even though it is more realistic and you can tell they're doing all these absurdly dangerous things themselves, uh, it felt like live action animation to me. Like, like even outside of the combat scenes, like they're... Uh, Chan and the other performers have such exaggerated performances and then when they're doing these like incredibly dangerous things they're just throwing themselves at it with reckless abandon like they're like indestructible cartoon characters almost
0: I don't know if you
1: were struck by that at all
0: no absolutely and I think that it's a very intentional and clear influence from all the way back from like the the silent film stars in particular like you see that same Uh, ambition and strive with uh, Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd and their physical gags like they very much throw themselves around like ragdolls for for the intent of the comedic purpose there and that's also a lot of where you know uh, cartoons get their inspiration from to begin with the physical the physicality of slapstick humor is inherently cartoonish and that's entirely what uh, Jackie Chan is going for and he achieves it better than anyone else that it's he's completely unrivaled in that department
1: and speaking of the slapstick, how does the how do the comedic elements work for you?
0: Well, there's th- there's two different kinds of comedy going on in the film. There's for one the the slapstick, the physical humor of stuff that's very funny. Always kind of works whether it's uh, Jackie Chan uh, pulling. Uh, uh, it's uh, I, I get it mixed up which of the girls it is. Um, <laughs> or oh, he's pulling her off of the uh, Maggie the Chung. Bike yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. Maggie Chung is who it was because the other one's Bridget Lynn Mm -hmm. um or he's pulling her off of that. That's a really great physical joke. Or yeah, you know. I feel and, so
1: bad because her character is treated like such shit throughout the whole movie, and she has really no like Maggie Chung is a terrific actress, and she just doesn't get a lot to do in this movie. But I laugh so hard every time I see that bit where he pulls her off the the moped. She,
0: she definitely gets the short end of the stick here, and it's but but they they played a lot, and that, that's where some of the other comedy comes in too. where there's the character comedy and the interplay, and like that scene. Uh, leading up to that moment where he's, um, you know... Or, or, or is it the one after? I get the one mixed up. But <laughs> uh, where he's basically... He's bad-mouthing her to Bridget Lin from, like, the other room. But she, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Maggie Chung is still in the room and hearing all the horrible shit that Jackie Chan is saying. And, and it's all... He's got a huge egg on his face afterwards.
1: On the one hand, I find that stuff incredibly dopey and, like, base sitcom-level humor. But on the other and Jackie like completely sells it for me like that the comedy was bothered me a lot more the first time i watched this i think because i had heard of the reputation as one of the greatest action movies ever and the opening sequence is so stunning and thrilling that i was just waiting and counting the minutes until the next fight scene and there aren't actually that many fight scenes in the movie so every time there wasn't any action going on i was like this is what i'm missing the action for this like dopey uh, yeah, like cake in the face stuff. But now that I've, uh, I've had my expectations properly adjusted, I could really enjoy uh, Jackie's comedic chops as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that's—I uh, will agree with you certainly—that the biggest problem the film has overall is, is pacing. The pacing of the mm. film is is not great, even when you have those tempered expectations. Uh, and the scenes where the comedy is on display and all the stuff in between the action—I think they're good on their own, but because there is an imbalance in action throughout the film, like I don't—it's—it's it's very front-loaded, and then there's like nothing for like the whole midsection of the film, and then it's the, very
1: plot light.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then in the final fifteen minutes, it really ramps back up again. But Not only does it
1: ramp up, but it completely shifts tone from like light-hearted action comedy to like Jackie's pretty pretty angry throughout that yeah. finale. Like it's pretty intense.
0: Oh, and, and that's where the film has a really great tonal balance. I think like it can do both and and switch between them, and it never it doesn't feel odd when it becomes such a desperate situation in the end where he's kidnapping the uh the police chief and mm-hmm. holding him at, at gunpoint so he can get away it, it feels genuine which you wouldn't think would come across after like such like you said dopey comedy sequences or where he's like you know <laughs> I, I just think of the scene as well where he's talking with maggie chung as well and he's like holding his car from like falling yeah, yeah, yeah. because the handbrake doesn't work that's a get the, the, the car the,
1: nearly kills them which yeah. plays in the the blooper reel at the end too
0: yeah, oh, yeah, that's something as well to talk about. I think the blooper reel is such a fantastic element of Jackie Chan films that uh aren't like talked about, I guess, because they are just like kind of stuck at the end, but they're they're a signature of them. And I, I, I noticed they're, they're
1: a highlight. Like sometimes they're the mm-hmm. best part of the movies he makes. Like Rumble in the Bronx, oh. I think is not terrific, but the blooper reel for that is amazing.
0: Right. It's an important element because what it does is that it does show you a lot of the, the work that goes into it. It makes the believability of the action even greater uh, because it shows you how sometimes things went wrong or you know how many times they had to do this particular thing or how dangerous it truly was. You know And, I- and uh, there are some for, like the problem is is that if you aren't watching like the proper Hong Kong releases of the film, a lot of the American distribution ones cut the, the stunt reel at the end out of it.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: It's awful. It's, it's I don't know why they do that, and not to mention the horrendous dubs you have to deal with getting there yeah. anyway.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's ruined many a uh, uh, Hong Kong action flick for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know there's a whole cult around them that enjoys that, but I would I would much yeah. rather just see the, the authenticness of it, because otherwise it gets a little too hokey or unbelievable and it's just it's odd and i don't like dubs in general i almost watched the dub for this one though last night just out of curiosity (laughs) to to spice up this conversation a little more but my fiance wouldn't let me
1: (laughs) but uh i suppose you know that even in the original cantonese uh track jackie doesn't dub himself
0: you know i i didn't know that i didn't think i thought he did
1: no that's not his voice uh, he did sing the, the theme song. Like catchy theme song though.
0: Yes, ah, the the music throughout is so great, but especially it's the so theme good. song, which you get the end. Like I love the the electric guitars at the beginning. Yeah, it's a the, really the,
1: propulsive action soundtrack, and it it's appropriately goofy for the comedic beats. I just thought every soundtrack cue was was pretty good, actually.
0: Yeah, especially the opening. I find the way that the the guitar riff really pulls you into it and just also the electricity of the opening in general how mm-hmm. kinetic it is it really draws you in uh, the first time I saw the film it was the, the brand new restorations that came last year and I went and saw it in the theater just didn't know a whole lot beforehand just went to go see it and I was just sucked in right away oh, yeah. it
1: was well part of that incredible. too and something that I don't think Jackie Chan gets a ton of credit for as a director I mean everybody knows he shoots the action scenes really well but I this time around, I noticed that he was actually quite good with the camera in terms of visual storytelling, like that opening sequence where he's setting up all the different players in the sting operation. There's not a whole lot of dialogue outside of naming who the major players are, and the camera itself does a lot of interesting work in showing you the relations between people and what's happening with zooms and dollies and whip pans and stuff like that. It's almost mctiernan-esque and it's his ability to use the camera to effectively tell the story
0: yeah I, i certainly agree with that i definitely noticed this last time how uh prolific the the zooms and the whip pans were in particular uh to not only communicate that in the relation and such but to create that constantly moving feeling that the opening has and keep building and building on the energy of that opening and it's uh, maybe that's also part of why what contributes to the rest of the film, feeling like it can't quite live up, because that opening is just so incredible and so well uh, put together, and it, yeah, it builds and builds to the kind of this great climactic chase. I remember, again, sitting in my seat, I was just like, I was could not believe how it kept one-upping itself as things going and by the time the cars are rolling through the shanty town as
1: it explodes so insane you could never do that in a hollywood movie i mean hollywood movies have tried i think bad boys 2 highway chase scene or some other chase in the movie is sort of an homage to that but it just doesn't even come close to the sheer disregard for human safety or property that uh this movie showed with that scene
0: Right, and it's just it's so much, and I I think that's also where some of the the comedy comes into that I really enjoy. It's it's less on the the Jackie Dopey side, but like poking fun at like the the police force and stuff, and how they're like mm-hmm. in, in very disregarding of the human life uh, in the situation there, and the kind of like the behind the scenes uh, face of like uh, m- working with the press and such, and like kind of the image that they present there and the facade of it all. They they make a lot of fun out of that.
1: Yeah, I I think before I saw Police Story, I was like, okay, Police Story is an insanely generic name for a movie. I guess it's about police. It's an action movie. The story doesn't matter. Who cares? But this time around, I was like, okay, I can see why he actually named it Police Story because it's like such an all-encompassing pastiche slash homage to cop stories. So it hits like every single major trope, but it also sort of has these sort of insightful little jabs at uh like law and order in general so i think it sort of doesn't quite get as much credit as maybe it deserves as a as a commentary on that sort of stuff like yeah. the se- sequence where he's used as a propaganda vehicle and there's the the funny photo montage of him in all sorts of different situations
0: That that is a very funny one they put him on all sorts of outfits and such and they like immediately afterwards they're using him as this poster child to promote the police force because he did so well but you know he he, they also have him like giving all the credit to the to the superiors in the speech and everything and that's yeah i I would say that's a humorous element of commentary that's kind of uh sprinkled onto the film
1: Mm. so how does this rank for you as an action movie in terms of the the pantheon of action movies is this top 10 for you what do you say
0: I think it's got to be almost right like just on action set pieces alone like maybe the film itself isn't a cohesive masterpiece but all of the action set pieces both the, the beginning and the end in particular are just so phenomenal and so uh, ma- masterfully created and uh, unrivaled, I think, that it has to be in there, you know? Yeah, it's certainly maybe. in the
1: conversation. I, Like you, I think the rest of the movie sort of holds it back from maybe the some of my absolute favorite action movies, but the finale in particular is just, like, that's one of the most impressive action sequences ever made.
0: Uh, certainly agree with that. Uh, it with everything they do, especially with, like, the all the glass breaking and such. that they go in yeah. the finale. It's basically in the, the same realm there as, as Die Hard in that sense.
1: Yeah, a lot of glass being broken in both of those <laughs> movies. Uh, do you have Is a just, favorite uh, action beat in that finale?
0: I should have thought about this when when it was going here. Because there's so many uh, great moments. Of course, there's the, the big slide at the end down the pole... Um, hmm. you know, last night I, I, I actively like, I, I kind of cringed a little when there was the guy he threw, like Jackie threw him onto the escalator and he bounces a couple of times. As it comes yeah, down. I know. Oh my
1: God. Ow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I think I was cringing more in that sequence than I would like the entirety of like a Saw movie. <laughs> it was just because right. in this, I knew that people were actually getting hurt.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. And, and, of course, you know, they have enough padding like that. I, I watched one of the, the documentaries on the Criterion disc that uh, explained that for that stunt in particular, they had, like, he had a piece of metal that kind of ran counter in horizontal lines on his body underneath the suit there so that he, it would absorb a lot more of the uh, the metal from the escalator. Because they can't pad the escalator is a huge thing there. Like, there's so many stunt things where they do to try and make pads to fall on and such, but you can't pad metal stairs. Mm-hmm. Um But still, you know, to the best of their efforts, it's still going to hurt a lot. I highly recommend checking out all the supplements on the Criterion disc because they're all very insightful and interesting. I
1: I watched a handful of them. I watched Jackie Chan, My Stunts, which is sort of a documentary-length thing where he breaks down his stunt team and stunt studio. Um, I watched an interview with him about the making of Police Story where he went through some of the uh, big moments. And then I watched... uh, this reunion with him and his stunt team in china and it's sort of like a big tearful melodramatic obviously staged reunion and then he sings uh the theme song in front of a (laughs) massive crowd as if it was some big surprise it's
0: a very good theme song i hope we can convince calvin to stick it in here in the edit somewhere
1: Oh, so nice. good! <laughs> it's, I'm honestly probably gonna download that to my phone and listen to that in my workouts. It's so, so catchy. Oh, that would
0: that'd be a great workout mix. I can imagine that
1: perfectly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that I don't know if I can nail down one favorite action beat in that finale. Just I love all the creative ways he can come up with. To throw somebody through a pane of glass and have it like seem more painful each time like first he just like throws a guy through sideways then he does that spin kick from the floor to send a guy through it then the i forget the uh, like hen- main henchman's name the guy in the white suit um he mm-hmm. throws him through Uh, glass it's like these two glass cubes stacked on top and then he like flips him around such that he like also goes through on the bottom (laughs) and then it's almost like like, an
0: aquarium looking tank that he throws him into and then into one underneath
1: as well and then it culminates with him on the motorcycle and the guys on the front of the bike and he just rams him through like 70 panes of glass
0: (laughs) it's a lot and there's also that other motorcycle stunt where jackie's like like a hair away from being run over by that. Oh my god, that. yeah. This, he's hiding like under that little stair there and the bike just hops over him and it's it, oh, it's it's that close to being like just having a tire ram into your face.
1: I don't I don't know how long that whole sequence is, but like there's so many beats like in each section that like I would love to break it down cuz it's probably not more than like 10 or 15 minutes but it feels like there's enough uh, action intensity for like a a whole movie practically
0: yeah i mean there there are the the intensity and the pacing of those action sequences are such that you they outdo most uh i would say most all modern action films i can't remember the last thing i watched to live up to this
1: and i I, everybody likes to talk about the raid and those movies are impressive but I mean, I find them a bit exhausting, and I had seen the Raid movies before, seeing Jackie Chan's prime work, and immediately watching Police Story the first time, I was like, this is, like, this is this the is king it. of martial arts, yeah, the pinnacle. Well,
0: I was I was gonna ask as well, what was your uh, first introduction to Jackie Chan as a performer?
1: Oh, uh, definitely as a kid watching uh, Rush Hour and Shanghai Noon. Um, I mm-hmm. remember my I think maybe shanghai noon was the first one i saw my my parents took me to see it in the theater and they told me who jackie chan was because i guess i don't know that they had seen any of his hong kong classics but they knew who he was at that point and i was like okay i don't really know what this is but i'll go with you and then i immediately loved it and then of course i'd seen yeah the rush hour sequels and all that but it wasn't until probably i was in college that i saw uh, Legend of Drunken Master or Drunken Master Two, as I later found out, it was because mm-hmm. so of the stupid U.S. naming scheme, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh wow!" Like he, like he, he had done some pretty fairly impressive stuff in the American movies, but this is on a whole other level. And then I saw Police Story One and Two, um, a couple years ago for the first time, and was smitten.
0: Yeah, that's that's basically my same experience, and I would. Also, say the Drunken Master Two is up there in the same category as Police Story there in terms of just like action spectacleness and and comedy, uh, really great uh, comedy as well. In the American films, I think the what really endears us about Jackie Chan the American films so that we we start there and to then move on to the more impressive stuff is that he has this great persona and this, mm-hmm. this personality to him and this very comedic great comedic sensibility that does make him again more comparable to people like Buster Keaton and Harold Lloyd and that's what initially attracts us to him because I, I can't say that anything in those American films that I saw even ones like Rumble in the Bronx uh, mm-hmm. you know which is still more in the kind of classical Jackie Chan echelon is there's just not as memorable overall and there's no singular stunt that things that I guess in Rumble I remember the giant like air floating ship thing at the end what, yeah. what do you call that thing it's like a hover craft
1: that might exactly be it
0: <laughs> it's, it's it's weird it's, it's a very odd climax for that film yeah, but the I, whole film itself is weird so
1: it is the quote unquote new york city that's clearly in canada yes <laughs> <laughs> like no attempt was even made to make it look slightly like the bronx
0: but as, yeah as far as uh, that stuff goes that's how a lot of the uh, American audiences are introduced first to them and then they end up seeking out these more Hong Kong classics and it's just mm. like they can't hold a candle at all there's nothing there but uh, there is some a testament to there that uh, Jackie Chan's personality as an as an actor as a performer first and foremost is what makes these films so uh, endearing and not just incredibly impressive stunt work
1: definitely because I mean there there's so many martial artists slash Actors that, you know, can do these incredible physical f- things like Jet Lee, Li, you know, Bruce Lee, uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and stuff, but jackie chan is like so endearing as well like he can sell the comedy of it you can he's relatable he doesn't have to be the badass in every single scene in fact he's often the butt of the joke he's sort of got that harrison ford and indiana jones uh, uh-esque capability of being at once the hard ass but then on a flip of a switch you know taking a punch and getting beaten down and being the butt of the joke which just makes him a lot more appealing to me
0: that's that's definitely the big contrast with the immediate comparison of uh, Bruce Lee, who was kind of the icon that everyone was trying to fill in the wake of his untimely death in the, mm-hmm. the mid-70s or so. Uh, and, of course, Jackie Chan was, like, the, the next real, like, big one, I think, to come out of that crop. And because he carved himself out a more... Uh, unique personality is why he ended up being so successful. That he was intentionally trying to get away from the the Bruce Lee style of performance and you know very big gestures and you know these one-on-one fights and everything. What what Jackie Chan especially does in particular that he's he's said in contrast to Lee specifically is the idea that he wants to be fighting like four or five people mm-hmm. at once and have them all like in combating them. Whereas in like a Lee film, you, it, there's like kind of just gang you know gangsters hanging out in the background of the shot yeah waiting for their turn
1: to I jump in that's sort of a, a thing that everybody that's seen a martial arts or samurai film always nitpicks as the they're all taking turns to fight this guy why don't they all come in at once and jackie chan movie is the perfect rebuttal to that it's like okay now they're all coming in at once how is he going to do it and that just forces them to be so much more creative because not only does he just take them on with uh, his fists or whatever he uses everything in the scene for maximum potential like that great fight sequence in the middle of the movie that where he's ambushed um in the car and yeah. he I, he comes up with so many different ways to move in and out of the car drop kick people through the car use the doors like it's it's unreal to me
0: And and that goes back to his creative, like, just this mission statement that he has to try and incorporate and do as many original things as he can, and especially with the incorporation of different props into set piece, and that's how you get stuff like the motorcycle at the end uh, bit there, or, uh, of course, like in the beginning of the film where you have him chasing and, like, using the umbrella to hold on to the the Mm -hmm. big bus, which is just, like, this amazing... uh, Part in the opening that really like you it takes you, and I, I think that's the moment where I'm like, oh, this guy is really something special. This is something different. He's you know mm-hmm. doing something that people would never do. Where he's flying around the corner, just like barely hanging on with the umbrella. It's uh, and it's moments like old. that
1: where you can most clearly see the lineage from, like, Buster Keaton or something, because yeah. that's a gag that you would, you could easily see uh, It's It's literally,
0: I'm thinking about it, there's a Buster Keaton gag where he's running away from a group of cops and he grabs onto the back of a trolley car and his feet fly up into the air as he's huh. hanging on and he pulls himself in.
1: Well, there you go. But then what then turns the scene into something that's so quintessentially Jackie Chan, devoid of all, all the influence, is that at the the end of that sequence with the bus where he's standing there with the pistol and he shoots into the air and the bus screeches to a halt. And those three guys just fly out of the window and faceplant on the, the pavement, which I learned was not supposed to happen. They were supposed to have the car break their fall, but they just hit right. the pavement. And the, that's like... I know that the, in the age-old argument between, like, CGI and practical effects, it's all about, like, oh, the end re- in the end result, it doesn't matter. But, like, there's something to be said for, like, knowing exactly how something was done and knowing that it's real really enhances your enjoyment in something like this.
0: Well, oh, I, I think as cinephiles, that's what we all end up enjoying, is the, the process behind it informs the enjoyment of it even more so. Uh, knowing how all the gears kind of click together and make the, the art is the very, uh, you know, an interesting aspect into itself. And that's why, again, kind of coming back to the gag reel at the end and seeing how that stuff, in particularly that bus gag, you can see there is a take where uh, the bus did not stop in time and Jackie yeah. had to get out of the way. And so it is, it's just even more impressive to see it, uh, how it was kind of constructed and knowing the... Uh, the ideas behind it and such and that, that and
1: forms. not only that but another another thing that's so jackie chan about that is he left the messed up take in the movie because it was more painful mm-hmm. like he, he in all his interviews he just talks about how like you know how dangerous it is but it's always worth it because you know like that's what you have to do to make it as entertaining as possible these are people that really don't Have much regard for their own safety so long as they can deliver an entertaining product.
0: Well, and and what I found especially is that it's not. I think it's important to emphasize as well that it's not solely Jackie Chan. Of course, like the the incredible thing is all the people behind him and working with him to make this happen Mm. is that his stunt team is so well coordinated and and uh, they're all in sync together. uh, Watching those behind the scenes features as as you did as well.
1: Yeah, they uh, have such a bond together. I, that one reunion was very obviously staged, but I think there was still real emotion, you could tell that these people really go through a lot together because in order to pull off these things that look so effortless on screen, they have to spend so many hours and days and weeks and months rehearsing and training and being in perfect unison, and they have to have the utmost trust in one another that they're not going to, like, actually hurt one another. Yeah, well-
0: And the system they have worked out to make sure that doesn't happen is kind of really interesting in and of itself. In that they have like this almost this this language of grunts to mm-hmm. indicate when, like, so uh, hearing the way Jackie describes it is like they have, like, if someone's coming from behind him and they give him, like, an oh instead of an ah or something, like, and that's just, like, this that's indication. That's when a signal it's a,
1: to jump or duck yeah, or whatever. Yeah, or if it's
0: a punch that's coming or a kick, like, it's, that, like, they have this very specific language worked out to specify all that, and that's, those are the audio cues so that they know when to fight, and that helps them. Make things so much faster and so much closer to the the skin there, and why they can do actual physical contact in the punches and kicks. Uh, you know, because they put so much trust in communication between each other. It, it never looks fake because it isn't really fake.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. That that whole Jackie Chan my stunts thing is well worth a watch because he he just goes into so many of the tricks they do, like powdering their uh, feet yep. or the. So that you can see the hits more clearly or even down to wearing like white shoes against darker pants so that you can track their feet when they're doing these fast kicks and stuff. It's really fascinating and really makes you appreciate how much work goes into uh, choreographing these fights.
0: Right. Those are like small details that as as an audience member, you don't think about, but does make all the difference in the end. If you saw a black shoe hit a black chest, then, you know, it wouldn't, uh, it would all kind of mesh together. Yeah. Mm makes it more striking uh is there anything you want to say as well about police story 2 since i know that uh, the criterion bundle there has them both and they're they're both worth talking about i just think police story the first one was like this electric and drawing one that kind of pulled us yeah i think
1: that's the one that's generally regarded as the best in the series and i I am curious to rewatch police story 2 again because i found the rewatch of the first one to be so rewarding but when i When I first saw it, I thought it was roughly equal to the first one, actually. I know a lot of people aren't as fond of it, but uh, there are some trade-offs between the two, whereas it never quite reaches the heights of that insane mall finale or maybe even the opening as well. Um, It's more consistent, I would say. There's more emphasis on having an actual police story plot story. uh yeah <laughs> with some level of intrigue besides just like scattered vignettes and gags um and there's more consistent levels of action and stunts throughout it just in smaller bursts there is that great uh finale in the firework factory and the absolutely amazing playground fight which i think comes close to matching the stuff yeah. in the first movie the the but, playground
0: fight is about as equal in terms of the the spectacle and the uh the just amazing coordination of it and it's probably i think a faster fight sequence like in the speed of the punches and everything than anything in the first police story from from he, my memory
1: he makes great use of the weapons around the place and just having a like such a creative fight scene on a playground is such a perfect microcosm for Jackie Chan's approach to martial arts in general
0: certainly that's that's the best way i think you could like sum up his uh approach to yeah because he a, treats
1: every single set like uh like it's a playground
0: yep <laughs> it's a it's a great way to put it yeah uh yeah i think they're they're both uh fantastic i love showing people these films in particular like if i get a big group of friends together this is usually the kind of thing that i'm aiming for because they're so crowd pleasing and uh impressive and uh humorous as well i think again that balance of comedy and and the action makes it just pure entertainment all the way through.
1: Mm. It's also the kind of movie, and I don't mean this as a slight, where you can just take discrete chunks of it and show it out of context and have it be a like perfect little machine of its own. Like, Like, maybe I don't want to make my friends sit through all of Police Story because I don't know if they're tolerance for uh cake in the face gags is as high as mine (laughs) but i would absolutely throw on the last 15 minutes and just be like dude you have to watch this it's one of the greatest things you'll ever see
0: i agree i agree with that uh and also just because the the film itself uh as we mentioned is kind of inconsistent throughout like i think anyone has a tendency to drift uh in and out of focus on it because the story like you said isn't as compelling right about the time when the uh the courtroom scene comes up in yeah. the first one is, is where the intrigue starts to unravel a bit, where the pacing is off. Uh, and like you said, the 2 really fixes that a little bit, but sacrifices some of the spectacle uh, mm-hmm. in the trade-off there. Some of it. Um, but it is just it's a it very eminently watchable film, and I'm very happy to hear as well that it uh, mostly either stayed the same or improved for you on this rewatch.
1: Yeah, and my wife uh was watching it with me and she's no great fan of action movies or martial arts movies and even she was like, This is awesome.
0: Yeah. So. I think well that's the thing as well, I don't I don't wanna like cast a, a broad accusation here, but uh it, it does have I think a But a Calvin you're appeal. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no I I do think it has a very uh a, a universal quality to it that it's not just, you know, like a, a boys club action thing as it can kind of be uh, end up labeled as sometimes, you know. It doesn't have uh an incredible macho quality to it, surprisingly. It does have
1: copious amounts of misogyny, but oh, yes. I I <laughs> I will say despite that, I think that Jackie is fairly careful to make himself still like consciously be an asshole like and like what he's doing like the the movie is still making fun of him for being a jerk and stuff so he he usually gets his comeuppance in some some way at the end but Um, but
0: i think it does feed into a larger problem with jackie chan the person as well who has a history of misogyny and you know egotism uh but i i think you do see that kind of sprinkled throughout police story here not only in just the relationship and the treatment of may's character but there's even like there's a weird. Rape joke thrown in at one. point Yes,
1: that was uncomfortable. Although weirdly progressive, then goes into the like Plan B uh, abortion punchline where he just yeah. is like casually recommending family planning services.
0: It it is just it's a very odd <laughs> moment in yeah in the sequence there, and it does I think take. Out otherwise, it's a really
1: good scene though. With, yes, because uh, that's that's the kind of comedy that really works for him because it lets him use his. Like insane mobility and acrobatic skills as he's juggling the phones and like flicking the pencils around and like
0: it's it's a lot like a scene in uh, his girl Friday I'm sure as you remember where you have Russell Russell Hopping between the different phones and having four different conversations Mm -hmm. but yeah and, and despite those those issues there the little bits of misogyny the the somewhat bad plotting in the middle of the film Police Story overall comes out as a really grand achievement. And uh, I think those problems are fairly stomachable for the... the And the series does get better in that
1: regard, at least up through the third one. I haven't seen beyond uh, Super Cup, as it's known in the U.S., but each one progressively gets more and more... uh, The female stars get uh, more equal treatment. Like, I know Maggie Chung gets... in on the action I think in the second one a little like she gets to do some stunts and then by the third one you've got Michelle Yeoh doing absolutely insane stuff she sort of steals the show actually
0: that's one I definitely have to see still there's again as we said I think me and you both after this are going to go check out some more Jackie Chan films but mm, yeah. there's a number uh, I've already seen of course and the, this one typically tops my list but I'm excited to explore even if the other ones because even the mediocre ones I've seen there's always been something enjoyable about them because Jackie himself is impressive and interesting to watch and yeah. you, you always just want to see how they come out and so those, those are the most enjoyable kind of films I find like the, where you can find a you know, something about them that's compelling, even if everything around it is, like, underwhelming and mediocre.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially in the ones that Chan himself directs. You can tell, like, even when there's elements that don't really work so much, you can tell that it's such a specific creative vision and he knows exactly how to execute it. And he's putting so much into it in ways that when somebody else is behind the camera, you can tell there's not quite as much care put into it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, do you have any final thoughts on Police Story before we wrap this up?
1: Uh, No, other than go check it out while it's still on the The Criterion Criterion channel. Channel.
0: Yep, and as well as the other Jackie Chan films here. And uh, hopefully, uh, Calvin, this wasn't too insufferable for you to listen to. Uh, Thanks again, Graham, for coming on. This is a wonderful discussion. Uh, Yeah, I had a lot of fun yeah I'm glad we can finally got this police story discussion out of our system
1: <laughs> yeah we can go back to never talking about jackie chan again for the sake of calvin's mental health <laughs>
0: and hopefully he'll be back next week uh his perpetual sickness you know often puts him out of commission but you know if not through.
1: <laughs> police story 2 is there for us to talk about
0: yeah so we'll see if that's the case next week <laughs> thanks again graham
1: yep so long